Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Well, listen to me. I am fired all the way up for some church today. I hope you are too. I, I, I just, my heart is this, that we wouldn't just come to another service. And we wouldn't just come and check it off the box and just say, you know what, I came to church today, good deal for the week. But that we would experience the power of the Holy Spirit. That you would walk in these doors. Maybe your week has been hell on earth. But that you can experience the peace that only Jesus has to offer. And I just pray that today would be a day that would encourage you, would inspire you. But more importantly, that you would not walk out of this place, not this, that you would walk out of this place changed. That you wouldn't walk in the same and walk out the same. That you would experience Jesus in a powerful way. And we're going to open God's word. We're going to look at that. And I'm just going to ask you, would you start to look at your own life? How can I apply this? How can I look at this? How can I make sure that this is something that I need to be living out? And we're in this series called Soldier, Athlete, Farmer. We've kind of skipped around a little bit. We went soldier week one, the farmer last week. This week we're talking about the athlete and talking to you as Christ followers. If you know Jesus, I think Paul is trying to encourage Timothy that he's writing to. He's trying to let them know, hey, listen, you can be like an athlete. This is what the Bible says. It's in 2 Timothy. It's the, the passage of Scripture we've just kind of hung out with for the last three weeks. And if you're ready for God's Word, say, I'm ready. That's what it says uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Timothy, my dear son... Be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You've heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to others. Right? That's why I want you guys, when every time we come in here together, man, I want to strengthen your faith. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. And then we hit those doors. Guess where we're going? We're going and telling other people about what we've experienced. The forgiveness that we've experienced. Listen, you've experienced it. You've heard it. Now go tell somebody else. Right? That's what he's even writing to, to Timothy right here. He says this, Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who are going to be able to then pass it on to others. Also he says, Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers, somebody say soldiers. soldiers. Don't get tied up in the affair of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes, as we're going to talk about today, cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers that we talked about last week, if you missed it, go check it out, should be the first to enjoy the fruits of their labor. Think about what I'm saying, and the Lord will help you understand all of these things. I'm going to read verse 8. It's not going to be up on the screen. But I just, I just love this right here, and this is why we do what we do. This is what Sundays are for us. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. And that this is the good news that I preach. Is there anybody thankful that we don't serve a dead Savior, but we serve a risen Savior? That He is alive, that He is risen, and that every victory is Jesus's. Come on, one more time, let's pray together, and then I'm going to have you have a seat. Jesus, thank you for today. We honor you, we love you. 
Man, thank you for your word. Thank you that we get to worship you and just lift up your name, King Jesus. And so today, we just ask that you would do what only you can do. Would you speak to us as only you can? Lord, we love you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. I pray that there's something today that the Holy Spirit would just speak to each one of us. How can I take what you're trying to speak to us and how can I apply that to my life? That we walk out of this place differently. That we live differently. That we make a difference because of the life that we're living is different than what the world is offering. It's because of you, Jesus. We love you. We honor you. And we praise you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said. Amen, amen. Why don't you high-five three people on your way to your seat and say, I'm really glad you're here at church. Really glad you're here at church. And you can have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. I love that. I love that. I'm so honored that you're here. You picked a great day to be at church. We are finishing up this series called Soldier, Athlete, Farmer. We're walking through that today, and I just want to tell you how honored we are that you're at church. You could be anywhere else, but you're here. And uh, I, I don't know about you. Let me just ask this question really quick. How many of y'all, is there any ballers in the room? Come on, wave at me right now. Any ballers out there? We're my, one, we're my wannabe ballers in the room. Come on, somebody, all right? I wish I was taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl that was cute. And I, That's all the gangsters right there, all right? They know that's that 1995 Skilo song. Come on, somebody, right? So, so I, I think about that, and I'm thinking about this idea of soldier, athlete, farmer, and what we're going to talk about today uh, that I'm excited is this idea of an athlete, right? And you may be thinking, how in the world does this apply to me? I, I have no athletic bone in my body, but I, I have a, a belief today that the Holy Spirit is going to do what only He can. He's going to speak to you, and if you are a Christ follower, I'm going to encourage you that there's some things that you can take from an athlete's perspective, and you and I can begin to apply it to our life, and we can watch Jesus do incredible things. I believe that with all of my heart, and so we're studying this, this book of, not really book, just a few, chat, a few verses of Timothy together, and Timothy is kind of a younger dude in the faith, right? And so there's this guy named Paul. Everybody shout Paul. Paul, right? So Paul is like a, I mean, he is a, he's the man, okay? So like Paul used to hate Christians, used to hate anybody that wanted anything to do with Jesus, and he was willing to like kill them even. Like he would go to that extreme to say, you know what, you follow Jesus? No, we're not going to do that. We're going we're gonna to try and, we're gonna try get rid of that movement. And then ultimately he meets Jesus, right? Paul meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, changes his life forever, and that's what he, he goes out and starts doing. He's planting churches all over the place, right? He's planting a church here. He's planting a church there. He's building the faith. He's doing all this stuff. And the whole time he's doing that, he's got other people around him that are, that are younger guys in the faith, some younger men, some, some mentorship is what he's doing to these younger guys. And one of those guys happens to be by the name of Timothy. Everybody say Timothy. Right, and so what we've been studying, what I just read just a few minutes ago, was actually the second letter that he was writing to Timothy. And what I want you to know, and what I want you to get, is this idea that Paul is such a bad dude when it comes to the gospel. Not like bad as in like, ooh, just not very good. No, no. This dude was willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that the name of Jesus was presented well. To make sure that the name of Jesus was given to people that didn't know anything about Jesus. And so again, he's got these other guys with him, Timothy, and he's trying to let them know, listen, brother, I got some encouragement for you. And he uses three powerful images that we've looked at over the last couple of weeks, a soldier, 
an athlete and a farmer, and he's saying, hey, if you would be like them, I'm believing that there's going to be something that takes place among you. And so what I believe to be true is that, again, what we talked about a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, was the idea of a soldier. We talked about how they're part of an army, and if you missed that, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it again. Last week, we talked about a farmer, uh, just the hardworking farmer, and I am a farmer. Uh, I have 54,000 chickens, and yes, I wear skinny jeans. It's a weird dichotomy in my head, okay? I'm with you on that. So, like, uh, but, but yeah, I, I understand about this idea of farming, uh, and again, that there should be some sweat on the brow of Christians, not because we are working for salvation, but because we're working from salvation, right? That we've been had a, had a difference made in our lives, so we should go out and make a difference in the life of other people and some other things. And we talked about last week about pulling some weeds out of your life, maybe some things that you need to remove that are hard, like the harvest is being kind of pushed down by. And I would just encourage you to go back and listen to that. And this week we're going to talk about this idea of an athlete. So here's the deal. Uh, I, I just want to just kind of throw this out there that I think that all of us in this room can take something from today, whether you played sports or not. And I believe God's going to speak to us today. If you're ready, say I'm ready. All right, this is what it said. This is the very first thing I want you to write down that an athlete's perspective, something that the athlete does that they understand. An athlete understands what they put in their body. Right, so an athlete is understanding what they're putting in their body. See, how many of y'all, let's just talk about it really quick. How many of y'all love a quarter pounder with some cheese? Come on, somebody. Lord Jesus, just feeling the spirit of McDonald's over me right now, okay? Right, right, I'm a, I'm a double cheeseburger, extra ketchup, extra onion. Come at me, all right? I want the onion just chopped up. I want it. Like, I, I love that. Here's the deal. Here's what I know is that Olympic athletes and people that train for a living ain't going through the drive-thru at McDonald's very often, Right? Like, let's talk about it. Like, cause, because an athlete is understanding what they're putting in their body. Athletes don't necessarily eat at McDonald's. They eat good food, not junk food, right? And so what they realize is that ingestion, what they're taking in, what goes into their body, that right there is actually the energy source or the, or the metabolism of the training, right? That, that what's coming in is going to affect what goes out. Right, what I'm allowing in is ultimately going to allow what's going out. I think Paul is speaking to us. I think Paul is speaking to Timothy. And he's trying to tell Timothy, hey, brother, listen, you got to make sure that you got the right nourishment. you got to make sure that you're taking in the right things. That you got to know what's going inside of your body. you got to know what you're ingesting. And I, he even says it like this in the first letter that he wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. He says it this way. If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy... You will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, watch what it says, who is nourished by the message of faith, who is ingesting the word of faith, good teaching that you have followed. Like you are ingesting, you are taking in faith, you are taking in the word of God. And if i got to be honest, uh, this week has been one of those things that I just had to take a step back and start to realize what am I taking in. I have a over, one of our overseers here at this church, his name's Pastor Tony, and we were talking a little bit yesterday, just talking about a couple different things, and what began to happen for us, he, he, he's just really trying to just encourage and disciple me a little bit more as a pastor and leader, and what I love so much about Pastor Tony is, like, he'll, he'll get right up in it, he asked, he texted me and said, hey, I want to know what your social media is looking like, and I was like, all right, how many, how many iPhone users we got in the room, come on, there's all the saved people at, where are the Android users in the room, 
everybody that everybody that has an Android always makes a noise. You know what I'm saying? Like they got something that us iPhone users don't have. I don't know what it is, but you know, maybe we'll figure it out one day. Uh, but but this idea that on the iPhone, how many of y'all know about screen time? You know what that is, where it shows you what you are or like what you're on what you're looking at, how many times you pick up your phone, all of those things. Well, I got to looking at that yesterday, and y'all, I like to thrown up about how much I was on social media. And I think about that, and I think about my own life, and I think about, okay, what is it that I'm taking in? And I got to thinking, I'm, I'm going to take an evaluation of everything that I'm ingesting, and I want you to know that there was many hours of my life that I'm ingesting everything else other than the Word of God. Now think about that. I'm not saying you have to do it all day, every day, but I am trying to say, hey, listen, what happens is when I am overtaken or when I'm ingesting a lot of junk, guess what comes out? That's going to affect the play on the field, right? It's going to affect the vision that I have, the, the, the ability to be able to hear from God. And I want to challenge some of us in this room. Would you begin to take inventory of your life? Would you begin to evaluate where you are? What is it that you are taking in? What am I allowing in through my eyes and my ears that ultimately eventually makes it to my heart and that will eventually come out of my mouth and my actions? So again, I want us to just challenge us really quick. Listen, what am I taking in? Like, like am, I, am I binge watching on Netflix? I don't think there's anything wrong with Netflix, but listen to me. Like if you're sitting hours and hours and hours, I think we've got to reevaluate that we got to look back at social media, internet, the news, right? All of these things that I'm taking in through my eyes and my ears, and ultimately, again, it's making its way into my heart, and that ultimately makes its way out in my mouth and actions. I want us to know that, that what we're ingesting affects what's going on around us. And what I have to encourage some of you today is that maybe the reason why you don't feel like you're hearing the voice of God is because there's so many other voices competing for that same thing. For that same amount of time. Everybody's got the same amount of time a day. But there's other voices that are competing for that. But what if we had a church full of people that quieted all of the voices around us and said, God, show me what you want to do. God, show me where you want me to go, Lord. I am yours. What kind of thing would that happen if we had a couple, five, six hundred people leave this place today and say, you know what? I'm going to quiet all the other voices. I'm going to ingest God's word. I'm going to ingest some prayer. I'm going to ingest some worship. I'm going to do whatever I I can to make sure I'm listening to the voice of God. I'm just going to tell you, if all of us committed to that, watch out, Murray, Kentucky, because this place is about to look a lot different, all right? That's my heart for us. That's on the other side of us being obedient to really look in and say, hey, what am I taking in? What am I ingesting? So I'm going to give you something really practical that's going to help you. I believe if you will put it into practice this week, I believe it's going to help you. If you're ready for it, say, I'm ready. Go scriptural before you go digital. Go scriptural before you go digital. Listen, y'all, we've all ridden the merry-go-round, right? How many of y'all, you, you got the, you know, your alarms on your phone, you're in bed, you open your phone, you got email, you got Instagram, you got Facebook, you got TikTok, you got TikTok, you got Instagram, you got Instagram, you got Instagram, right? And we've all been on that merry-go-round, right? Just scrolling through. Next thing you know, you've spent 45 minutes in bed just scrolling through everybody else's life, right? And I just want to challenge some of us. I think, again, the reason why we're not able to hear from God, the reason why we're not able to see what God wants us to do, the reason why is because we're ingesting all kinds of junk. And I would just encourage you, go scriptural before you go digital. I think some of us this week, you know what you need to do? Download the Purpose Church podcast app or download the app. 
that's on podcast or on Spotify. And then, hey, listen, when, when the sermon comes out maybe later today, on Tuesday you go back and you listen to it again. You know why? Because there's going to be something you've experienced on Monday or, or Tuesday that you're going to need in order to, do, to get through that day, really. Because here's the thing. What happens is, is because you're going to hear things on Tuesday that you didn't hear today. Because I don't know about y'all, but I believe in leftovers. Come on, somebody, right? We're my leftover people in the room. We're my leftover people that put stuff in a Tupperware ultimately just to throw it away a few days later. All right, then I'm with you. I'm there with you, right? I'm there with you. I understand that. Some of y'all don't like leftovers because you ain't had no good food, all right? Like, here's the deal. Your boy loves some chili. Come on, somebody. It's chili season. It's chili season. If you, I, feel the, I feel the spirit of chili with no noodles all over me right now in this place. If you put noodles in your chili, all you want is chunky spaghetti. That's all you want, all right? But I don't know about y'all, but like if you, you had chili on day one, it's good, right? But how many of y'all know day three chili? That's where it's at. That's where it's at. I'm just telling you, you sit that in that fridge for a few days, there is something that's ruminating and ruminating inside of that that man cannot create. Come on, somebody, right? And there's something about that bowl of chili. Ooh, I want all kinds of crackers up in it. Come on. Ooh, ooh chili cook off next Sunday. No, I'm just kidding. We ain't doing that. But, but that stuff's it's kind of rum, ruminating a little bit and, and creating some stuff. And listen, listen to me. A word from God is really good today. And I just believe that what happens is there's going to be on Tuesday or Wednesday, you might need it again. And you might be able to eat again. And it's important that we load up. It's important that we ingest the word of God, that we take it in, that we spend time every single day opening this book. I'm going to challenge you. I would love to see all of us over the next couple of weeks start bringing this hardback thing with you every time you come to church. And because I want you to know, I want you to read it here. Go scriptural before you go digital. Would you bring your Bible to church? Just do that. I just want to challenge you. Bring your Bible to church. We're going to crack it open every week. And then this is what I'm asking for you to do, is that you and I will begin to be self-feeders at home. Right? Because this is what I know is so many times people come to church and they say, well, I just don't get fed. Right? I just don't get fed from the message. And can I encourage you with something really quick? On the weekends at Purpose Church, this is going to be a great... So what we Our main focus really on the weekends is to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. You know why? Because we want everybody to know Jesus. I want everybody to be connected to Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus. There's going to be things that you take from it. If you follow Jesus for a long time, there's going to be different things that happen. But our really focus for the weekend is reaching people who don't know Jesus at all. So what I'm asking you to do is that you and I would choose growth. That we would choose to say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be a self-feeder. I'm going to show up on Sunday. I'm going to take some notes. I'm going to begin to just take this home. I'm going to get a Bible study. I'm going to get on the, the app, uh, the Bible app. I'm going to find a, 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 a whatever they are, a Devo, right, that I'm going to do. And I'm going to do that because I'm going to feed myself. How many of you know an athlete understands they can't eat once a week and still have the strength in order to go out and compete? Right? And some of us in this room wonder why we're getting beat up by the devil. It's because of the fact that we haven't ate since last Sunday. And I want to challenge some of us. Would you ingest some things that God is trying to put in front of you? His word, prayer, worship, I mean, community. Like, would you be willing to ingest some of those things? Because, again, if you will do that, I believe you're going to have strength in order to compete in the race that God is calling you to. Amen or oh me. All right, that's number one. Number two, everybody shout number two. Athletes understand perspiration. Perspiration. Won't you tap your neighbor? Say, did you put deodorant on this morning? 
Somebody's like, oh, man, I forgot. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Well, we, I think we have some in the bathrooms. Like, I think there's some actually in there. So if anybody needs some, man, you feel free to just go grab you some after service. That'd be great. Right? So here's what I know about athletes. Athletes understand, kind of like the farmer last week that we talked about, understands hard work. Athletes understand perspiration. See, an athlete knows that as you train, as you compete, as you work out, you know what happens? Sweat happens. Somebody say, shout, sweat happens. It happens, right? Perspiration takes place. There is training that goes on that's developing muscles, building muscles, enlarging your lungs, like, like expanding your stamina. And this is what I know, an out-of-shape, flabby athlete never gains the prize. Only those physically fit will win. And Paul is writing in 1 Timothy. So go back to that first letter he's writing to Timothy. And he says this, don't waste time arguing about godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself. Somebody say train. 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 This idea of train was a Greek word coming from the word gymnazo. You can imagine where we get gymnasium from, okay? That comes from that word right there. And this ancient gym literally means, like this word right here, train, literally means to exercise naked. How many of y'all know? Somebody just say awkward, okay? That's awkward, okay? Like that's awkward. But in the ancient gym, what they would do was a place where athletes would go. They would strip down so that nothing would restrict their physical movement as they were training. And that got me thinking about Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The fact that we are all athletes in a race. Watch what it says. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin so easily Trips us up and let us run with endurance the race. Somebody shout run. Run the endurance with endurance the race that God has set before me. Well, Dustin, how am I gonna keep going? How am I gonna keep getting through it? How am I gonna keep battling through it? How am I gonna how am I gonna be able to make it through? How am I gonna have the stamina? How am I gonna have that? You know how? By doing what verse 2. We have all of that. We keep running, we keep having endurance, we keep persevering because we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author, the initiator, and the, the, the champion who initiates or authors and perfects our faith. See, listen to me, as Christ followers, if you know Jesus, you gotta do whatever it takes to remove all hindrances from you choosing growth in Christ. Work out diligently in the scripture. Discipline yourself in prayer. Participate in worship. Exercise the gifts God has given you by joining a serve team. Get some accountability, kind of like gym buddy. Like you got to have a gym buddy at the gym. They're going to help keep you accountable and spot you. Well, guess what? You need some accountability in your life right now. That you'll say, you know what, I, I need you to help keep me accountable. I need you to show up with me at church. I'm Jump in a crew, right? Get some accountability around you. I have to sweat out these toxins of sin, push through fear, develop some perseverance. And here's the thing, i got to perspire in order to aspire, right? And Paul is saying, train yourself. And this is what I know for so many of us in the room. There, there are some that are trying and some that are training. And there is a difference. I want to encourage you. There's some that are trying and some that are training. Trying is an attempt to change with minimal commitment. Right? That's just, that's just trying. You know what? I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change my diet. I'm not going to change my workout routine. I'm just going to do the thing. I'm just going to try. I may show up at the gym and, and you know, I'm going to show up at the gym and I'm just going to stay in the car. Oh, I showed up at the gym, but I was just trying. You know, there was no, 
Literally, there was no commitment made to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to discipline myself to grow. I'm going to challenge myself to grow. There's a difference between trying and training. Training is actually a wholehearted commitment to achieve a specified result, right? That's what, that's what training is. Trying is an attempt to change with minimal commitment. Training is a wholehearted commitment to achieve a specific result. Trying is an attempt. Training is intentional, right? And an Olympic athlete or professional athlete never just so happens to stumble into being a champion. And I just believe in our lives as Christ followers, you're never going to accidentally stumble into growing in your faith. That you're going to have to exercise your faith. That you're going to have to do some things. That you're going to have to take some steps that God is asking you to take. That you're going to have to be obedient in some areas of your life and have a wholehearted commitment to achieve a specific result. You know what the result is? Looking like Jesus. Now, I'm just going to tell you, all of us got lots of work to do, including the guy with a microphone in his hand, right? And we all have lots of work, right? We want to look like Jesus, and we're going to do whatever it takes to commit to say, God, however you want to change me, however you want to do whatever you want to do in me, I'm going to let you do that in my life. Uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle says this, do consistently what some people do occasionally, right? So if you will do consistently some things, again, a thing an athlete knows is that you can't train once a week and get in shape, right? You can't do that. Not only are you talking about food, eating once a week, that's bad. You can't just train once a week and get in shape. There's something about consistency. There's something about consistency over time that change begins to happen. And I believe that if you will do consistently what some people do occasionally, that your life is going to look different. Make a commitment today to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be consistent in the Bible I'm going to be consistent every day reading this, going scriptural before I go digital. I'm going to be consistent in it. I'm going to be consistent in my prayer life, in my worship, in my church life, showing up. I'm going to even be intentional on date nights in our family. I'm going to be intentional with my conversations with my kids about Jesus. Like I'm going to be very intentional about that. And I want to challenge some of us. It's going to take some training. It's going to take some intentionality with a specific result in mind. And here at Purpose Church, listen, we've got a, we've got a goal that we want to do and we want to see. And it's that every single person in Callaway County is either connected to Jesus or they're living on purpose. Like, they're, like, like they, they've already been connected to Jesus and now we're just helping them live on purpose or we're helping connect them to Jesus and helping them live on purpose. Like I want you to know that that's the specified result that we just are praying about as a church to every single person in Callaway County and we'll do whatever it takes to connect people to Jesus and help them live on purpose. Listen, watching people walk out their God-giving purpose is something that never gets old, right? But, but you got to do that and you got to do it consistently got to be willing to do that. I'm going to challenge some of us in the room. I'm going to give you this challenge. I haven't thrown it out in a while, but it's the one-year challenge. I'm going to throw it out there to you. This one-year challenge is everything that, that Purpose Church throws at you, right? There's different things that we do as a church uh, between, you know, crews and a Sunday attendance and jumping on a serve team. Listen to me. Uh, going to next, whatever it might be. I'm going to ask that you would commit for a year and say, you know what? I'm going to give it a year. I'm going to do it. And I'm just going to challenge you. Do everything that we're trying to encourage you to do. Jump in a crew. Jump on a serve team. Like be a part of coming on the weekends and inviting your friends and having a lost person sitting next to you. Like if you will just commit to doing that, I believe that in one year from now, your life will look different. Even if it's just a small difference, but your life will look different. You know why? Because you did consistently what some people do occasionally. 
And I want to just challenge you, just take that one-year challenge. Even Paul, when he's writing another letter to another church that he planted, said this, I run with purpose. Like there's intention to my sweating. Right? There, there, is, there is intention to my training and why I'm perspiring in every step. That's what he says. I run with purpose. He says this, I'm not just shadow boxing. You know what that is? Just like punching the air and nothing. Nothing happening, right? I'm not just out here wasting time. No, no, no. I'm disciplining my body like an athlete. Watch what he says. Training it to do what it should. And I want to just challenge all of us in this place. Would we begin to just take on this mentality of an athlete that understands, you know what? I'm going I'm to understand it's going to take some work. There's going to be some things in my life i got to work through and ask God to change. And then also the fact is that I'm going to be aware of what is going in my body, what I'm putting in my body. And the thing that we're going to land the plane on today, the last point I want to tell you about, is this idea that athletes actually understand the end goal. Right? Athletes understand the end goal. I, I don't know about y'all, but listen to me. I, don't, I, I think that, that, that there's no athlete that ever runs in a race or whatever and is like, yo, I can't wait. I'm going to finish last. Woo! Nobody ever does that, right? Nobody ever says that. Hey, listen, I think every single athlete, every single person that competes in, in athletics, right, they do it with the goal of winning championships, right? And last night for... The Tennessee Vols, that was a good step towards that. Golly, that hurt me to say right now. Hurt me. Hey, congratulations to all. I know we got some Vol fans up in here. And uh, I got my burnt orange on for Texas, not for the volunteers today. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I know y'all are excited about that because, again, man, there's something about having an end goal. Something about having this dream out there. You know what? We're going to win the championship. And we're going to work at it. We're going to do whatever it takes to get us there. We're, gonna, we're willing to do whatever it takes to get us to that next level. And again, I'm a big Kentucky fan. I'm a big Cowboys fan. Go Cowboys tonight against the Eagles. Lord, I'm going to be praying by 720, okay? But this idea that we're, we're competing, why? With the end goal in mind of winning the Super Bowl, right? And here's what I want us to understand is that as Timothy is being talked to by Paul, he ends up saying some things to him. Again, 1 Timothy chapter 4, that first letter that he wrote to him, he says this, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but watch what he says. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Watch what he says. That is why we labor. That is why we strive, right? In this word labor, that back then it was the Greek word that literally meant to toil to the point of exhaustion. That's what labor is. That's what he's talking about. Hey, this is why we labor for the gospel. This is why we strive in pursuit of God. Like let's, like, let's do whatever we can to pursue Jesus with all of our energy, with all of our effort, with everything that we've got. And expectation, right? Like that championship, the end goal is the motivation for why we train. And I want us to understand that we're not just training to train. Right? We're not just sweating to sweat. We're not just working to work. Like, here's the deal. We're training, we're laboring, we're striving, we're reaching. Why? Watch. Because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially to those who believe. Listen to me. You walk around every single day with people that have no hope to their life. They have nothing, they have nothing to look forward to. They're walking around hopeless. They're searching. They're walking around the school with you. 
They're walking around the office with you. They're walking in the same house as you. And they're, they're looking for hope. And it seems to be lost. And I just believe that this world, we, if we're hopeless, we've got our eyes on the wrong thing. That we've got we got our focus on something that 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 only the world can offer, but that if we would just get our eyes on the prize, if we would just get our eyes on eternity, which is what our next series is going to be in legacy, right? If we'll just do whatever it takes to do that, I believe that as we begin to do that, even Paul writes again. He says this: I focus on this one thing, I'm forgetting the past, looking forward to lies ahead, what lies ahead. I press on. Somebody say, I press on. Somebody say it like you, you're going to keep going. Somebody say, I press on. Right? I press on in the midst of persecution, in the midst of people making fun of me because of my faith, in the midst of doubt, in the midst of trials, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of heartache, in the midst of pain. I press on. I keep going. Why? To reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Watch what he says. But since, hey, y'all, listen, my eyes are on a prize is what he's saying. He's saying my eyes is on, on the right thing. I've got my eyes fixated on the end goal. And guess what? He says, hey, I'm a citizen of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives And we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. Listen to me, y'all. If you know Jesus in this place, we know that we have hope. No matter what happens to us in this life, guess what? I've read the end of the book, and y'all, we win. Right? We win. So, Team Jesus, we win. Not because of anything we've done but because of what Jesus has done. We will go to a place called heaven. We will be with Jesus for eternity. We can live a life right now securely knowing that we will arrive at the end of the race as a victor, as a winner. Again, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. He has secured our place on the winner's Platform And so Christ follower, as you train in godliness, know that everything you do for God, that nothing is wasted. That he's going to use it. But you got to commit to it. Like, like, let's be intentional about it. Let's make a wholehearted commitment to say, you know what? Yes, whatever you call me to do, God, I'm doing it. Wherever you call me to go, I'm doing it. How are we going to hear from God? You know what? We're going to do it by, by thinking about what we intake. So you know what? I'm not going to spend five hours on Netflix today. Right? I'm not going to spend eight hours on social media I spent last week. I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going I'm to invest my time. I'm, I'm going I'm to say, God, speak to me. I'm going to understand perspiration. It's hard. It's saying no to some things whenever you want to say yes to some things. There, there's some things that God is calling you to do. And I just want to be a church that's committed to it. It's got our eyes on the end goal. It's got our eyes that whatever it takes for as many people, including my family, including you, whatever it takes to get to heaven, whatever it takes, we just introduce people to Jesus. And because of what Jesus has done on the cross, that's how you get to heaven. And listen to me. If you know Jesus, set your eyes on that. There's nobody that modeled it better, though, than Jesus himself. Right? That's what I think about every time is that Jesus himself modeled this with the end goal in mind, modeled it perfectly. This is what the Bible says. It's that same verse, verse, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run 
with perseverance the race that was marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Excuse me, watch what this says right here. This is Jesus with the end goal in mind. For the joy set before him. Right, listen. You can get through anything with your eyes on the right thing. So so for the joy set before him, you know what that joy was? A relationship with me and you. Forgiveness available for me and you. Family available for me and you. Purpose available for me and you. That's what, for the joy set before him, watch what it says. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, consider Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners. Watch what it says. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I think we have so many people walking around weary and losing heart. Because maybe there's something in front of our vision between us and Jesus. Maybe we've taken our eyes off of him. Maybe we're intaking too much garbage and our vision is is all blurry. Maybe there's too much noise going inside of our, our body and we can't even hear from the voice of God anymore. And then, I don't know, maybe you walked in this room, maybe you're in this place and you say, you know what, I, I'm weary and I'm losing heart. Listen to me. There's no other thing, no other solution that will ever satisfy that. Listen to me, look at me, other than Jesus. Not a, not a, not a person, not an experience, like, like, if I could go there, if I could do this, or if I could get that job. No, 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 no. Listen to me. doesn't matter where you find yourself. If your hope is not in Jesus, you're eventually going to say, you know what? There's no point. I'm losing heart. I'm growing weary. But I love Jesus so much. That's why I just want to encourage you today that Jesus says, hey, come to me. Jesus says, come to me. Hey, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Listen, you will never experience life like you have until you experience what I have for you. And again, there's so many of us that try to figure it out every other way. Jesus just says, come to him. Come to him. So here's the gospel. In a matter of a few seconds, I want you to know that we couldn't approach Jesus on our own necessarily. Because what happened, sin happened. And sin broke this relationship with us and God. What I want you to know is that sin put a huge gap in between us and God. There's nothing that we can do. The Bible says that we all fall short of the glory of God. Everybody has sinned, and we all fall short. If you can just imagine on that wall right there like a huge target, and no matter what you're... It's, remember when I was five years old? This is, the, like, this is the image that I got, was that there was this huge target. No matter what I did, no matter how hard I tried, no matter how good I was... No matter what my effort was, if that wall was the target, I would always fall short. Let that sink in for just a second. Coming to church isn't going to make you good enough. Being in a crew is not going to make you good enough. Listen, I just want you to know that the only thing that can make you right with God, to fix the huge gap between us and God because of our sin, is the person of Jesus. And the way that we hit that target is not by our own effort. It's about what Jesus did on the cross. And the Bible says that even while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. He gave his life for me, gave his life for you. And I just believe that if you, the Bible says that if you would confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you would believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. So in just a second, 
I'm going to have everybody close their eyes and bow their heads. And I'm just going to lead you through just a, a if, if you need to accept Jesus, this is just a moment of confession where you're just going to confess to him that you need him. So I'm going to ask everybody now, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe you're in this place and you've never said yes to a relationship with Christ. I'm going to encourage you. You're here for a reason. You're at this service for a reason. You're here today for a specific a purpose. And I believe that somebody in this room needs to meet Jesus today. So just that confession of your mouth and believing in your heart. Just say something like this. It doesn't have to be word for word. But it can be something like this. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up. I know I've got some areas of my life that do not honor you. And I'm asking you to save me today. Would you be the Lord of my life? Would you forgive me? Would you encourage me? Would you take my sin that, that separated me from you? And would you forgive me, Jesus? And I just give my life to you today I give my praise to you today I ask for your Holy Spirit to help lead me everywhere I go from this day forward and help me live for you on purpose maybe that's a confession maybe that was some of you, you prayed that word for word or you prayed it, uh, something like it but you just asked Jesus to come in your heart listen, I want you to know that you made the best decision that you've ever made in your life that we want to be a church that celebrates that and honors that, so if that's you and you just made that decision, I'm going to ask you just to real quietly, just slip your hand up. You can just drop it right back down. I had a man in the first service say, hey, that's me. I just accepted Jesus today. Hand up and drop it right back down. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen to me. I believe what the Bible says that when you ask, you receive. And that he is faithful and just to forgive you when you ask him to do that. And so today is a great day for you. If you raised your hand and you said, hey, I know Jesus. Listen, I want you to know the best decision you've ever made. And we want to know about it. So there's a couple of ways that you can let us know about that. You can let us know by texting us. Just text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. That's one way you can let us know. Another way is at the end of service in just a few minutes. Oh, we've got an incredible bunch of people, our crew leaders and some other people on our team and our staff that are going to be up here on either side that just say, you know what, I, I am going to, I, we're going to celebrate if anybody comes up or if you need prayer, we would love to pray with you, whatever that might be. I just want you to know that, that man, God's got a big plan for you and we're excited for you today. So why don't we do this purpose, church? Will we lift our heads and can we give Jesus all the ovation, all the worship and all the honor that he deserves? Come on. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.